0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses, so any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: Chapter 6. Saviors of the Train. Part 2. Yes, it is pretty awful, isn't it? said Peter. And I don't wonder you were curious about who the Russian was. Well, I wasn't curious so much as interested, said the porter. Well, I do think Mr. Gills might have told you about it. It was horrid of him. I don't keep no down on him for that, missy, said the porter. Cos why? I see his reasons. He wouldn't want to give away his own side with a tale like that there. It ain't human nature. A man's got to stand up for his own side, whatever he does. That's what it means by party politics. I should have done the same thing if that long-haired chap had been a Jap. But Japs didn't do cruel, wicked things like that, said Bobby. Perhaps not, said Perks cautiously. Still, you can't be sure with foreigners. My own belief is they're all tarred with the same brush. Then why were you on the side of the Japs? Peter asked. Why, you see, you must take one side or the other, same as with liberals and conservatives. The great thing is to take your side and then stick to it, whatever happens. A signal sounded. There's the 314 up, said Perks. You lie low till she's through, and then we'll go on along to my place and see if there's any of them strawberries ripe when I told you about. If there are any ripe, and you do give them to me, said Phyllis, you won't mind if I give them to the poor Russian, will you? Perks narrowed his eyes and then raised his eyebrows. So it was them strawberries you came down for this afternoon, eh? said he. This was an awkward moment for Phyllis. To say yes would seem rude and greedy and unkind to Perks, but she knew if she said no, she would not be pleased with herself afterwards, so... Yes, she said, it was. Well done, said the porter. Speak the truth and shame that... But we'd have come down the very next day if we'd known you hadn't heard the story, Phyllis added hastily. I believe you, Missy, said Perks, and sprang across the line six feet in front of the advancing train. The girls hated to see him do this, but Peter liked it. It was so exciting. The Russian gentleman was so delighted with the strawberries that the three racked their brains to find some other surprise for him, but all the racking did not bring out any idea more novel than wild cherries. And this idea occurred to them the next morning. They had seen the blossom on the trees in the spring, and they knew where to look for wild cherries, now that cherry time was here. The trees grew all up and down the rocky face of the cliff out of which the mouth of the tunnel opened. There were all sorts of trees there, birches and beeches and baby oaks and hazels, and among them the cherry blossom had shone like snow and silver. The mouth of the tunnel was some way from three chimneys, so Mother let them take their lunch with them in a basket, and the basket would do to bring the cherries back in if they found any. She also lent them her silver watch so that they should not be late for tea. Peter's Waterbury had taken it into his head not to go since the day Peter had dropped it into the water butt. And they started. When they got to the top of the cutting, they leaned over the fence and looked down to where the railway lines lay at the bottom of what, as Phyllis said, was exactly like a mountain gorge. If it wasn't for the railway at the bottom, it would be as though the foot of man had never been there, wouldn't it? The sides of the cutting were of gray stone, very roughly hewn. Indeed, the top part of the cutting had been a little natural glen that had been cut deeper to bring it down to the level of the tunnel's mouth. Among the rocks, grass and flowers grew, and seeds dropped by birds in the crannies of the stone had taken root and grown into bushes and trees that overhung the cutting. Near the tunnel was a flight of steps leading down to the line, just wooden bars, roughly fixed into the earth, a very steep and narrow way more like a ladder than a stair. We'd better get down, said Peter. I'm sure the cherries would be quite easy to get at from the side of the steps. You remember it was there we picked the cherry blossoms that we put on the rabbit's grave. So they went along the fence toward the little swing gate that is at the top of these steps, and they were almost at the gate when Bobby said, Hush! Stop! What's that? That was a very odd noise indeed, a soft noise, but quite plainly to be heard through the sound of the wind in the tree branches, and the hum and whir of the telegraph wires. It was a sort of rustling, whispery sound. As they listened, it stopped, and then it began again and this time it did not stop, but it grew louder and more rustling and rumbling. Look, cried Peter suddenly, the tree over there. The tree he pointed at was one of those that have rough gray leaves and white flowers. The berries, when they come, are bright scarlet, but if you pick them they disappoint you by turning black before you get them home. And as Peter pointed, the tree was moving, not just the way trees ought to move when the wind blows through them, but all in one piece, as though it were a live creature and were walking down the side of the cutting. It's moving, cried Bobby. Oh, look, and so are the others. It's like the woods in Macbeth. It's magic, said Phyllis breathlessly. I always knew this railway was enchanted. It really did seem a little like magic, for all the trees for about twenty yards of the opposite bank seemed to be slowly walking down towards the railway line. The tree with the gray leaves bringing up the rear like some old shepherd driving a flock of green sheep. Thanks for joining us today. Check us
0: out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. There's a lot. It's all at the end of the block.